Hey, hey, welcome to The Sound Room. My name is Tony Gapastone, and you are tuning in to a podcast that is a part of Peninsula Covenant Church, meant to be a conversation to talk about God, to talk about culture, to share stories, and to incorporate even some of the things that we talk about as a church community on Sundays here in Redwood City, California. I know we have listeners that are beyond Redwood City, California, so if you're tuning in on iTunes, on Stitcher, or SoundCloud, thank you so much. We'd love you to write a review for us and share this on your social media. We've been gone for a while. Forgive us. It's been summer. It was crazy. We had people on vacations. I was on vacations. Um, our producer, editor, Matt Kellogg, who's in the room right now, was on vacation for a while. And uh, I want to welcome to the podcast our intern, our summer intern, Romelis Wilson, who's actually taking a full-time role with us as a worship leader. And he's going to be hanging out with us in PCC staff community for the next year, leading music. He'll be helping out with this podcast. He's going to be building teams and writing some original songs, which is pretty cool. So Romelis Wilson, come on in close to the mic. What's up? You got to get real close, like really close. I see, it's so awkward. We're doing a really unique thing right now. We're not only podcasting, we're actually doing a Periscope. Periscope is a basically a platform to live stream and connect with people. It's owned by Twitter. And so we are actually periscoping this podcast right now, which means there's people that are watching us live as we're doing it. So, hey, if you are periscoping right now and you want to ask some questions, we will dialogue with you and your questions on this podcast. This podcast is meant to be a conversation, to dialogue, talk about stories. And we as a whole church this whole summer have been talking about the art of neighboring. What does it mean to be a good neighbor? Jesus talked a lot about loving people, about accepting them, about forgiving them, about understanding, about praying. And our whole summer has been about what does it mean to love our neighbor better? Romelis, you were with us this summer. What is something that stands out for you when you think about the art of neighboring? What's a, one of the particular arts? What's a story that comes to mind for you? Or what's something you even just took away from our series this summer? Mm. Well, there was a lot to take away. I mean, we've been on the series for what, like six weeks, seven weeks now? Yeah, since June. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a while. So, um, to be honest, ooh, sorry. Uh, to be honest, um, I don't know. I guess the biggest thing that I've taken away, and I don't know if this is really a theme of the series, but it was more so um, the aspect of a. Uh, Allowing grace for other people. Mm-hmm. Their process looks different. Everybody's not going to come into Christ the same way you did, or their walk is not going to be different. The way that they experience a Christ is not going to be diff- the same way as you. Um, I think allowing grace, I think it's been the biggest uh, thing, if that makes any sense. I don't know. I guess that's the biggest thing I've taken away from this allowing grace for other people mm. and for yourself. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you can think about for you personally when you think about grace? Do you mean? forgiving others or just giving others the benefit of the doubt? Uh, Is there judgment? We talked a lot this summer about uh, noticing people. Mm -hmm. And we used the story of Zacchaeus. And Mm -hmm. that really stuck out to me. Zacchaeus was somebody who was ostracized from community, somebody who should have been, um, you know, someone the Jews would not have wanted to be anywhere near. But Jesus went and had a meal with him 
And I think for us, that was a very significant time as a church because there was a lot of people wrestling through the Supreme Court, the decisions for, what's up, Bethany, on Periscope? <laughs> uh, we had to really kind of face our judgmental responses toward the gay community mm-hmm. when the Supreme Court said, hey, now we recognize marriage between two sexes of the same sex. And I thought that was a really significant conversation. For me as a whole, I felt like as a Christian, I got to get better at just even saying, I'm sorry to other people, to the gay community, people who have been hurt by the church specifically, like extending grace to people in that way. Mm -hmm. Even if I haven't done anything particular, but we as a whole church culture at times aren't graceful. That's what I hear you saying, like learning how to show grace Mm -hmm. to people means giving people the benefit of the doubt, not rushing to judgment, and learning how to say I'm sorry a lot more. What do you think about that? Um, Yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's the truth. And I'm not even speaking even on the aspect, even to individuals who are outside of the church and outside of the body, but even within the body. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, once people, you bring people in and they step into this and realize, oh, we're just like the people outside, um, just in in a relationship with Christ. So there's a different level of grace that God gives us to be able to learn how to love with each other and deal with each other in a different way Mm -hmm. rather than the way the world would. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think um, that's just something um, that we have, we've learned or that I've learned personally, allowing grace and realizing that everybody's process um, is different. And I've learned, you know, through the series, how do we share the good news? How do we um, serve those who are in the church and who are outside of the church? How do we stay consistent and be who God has called us to be while still loving them? And, you know, I I don't know. It's uh, been a lot of things. It's been a lot. (laughs) <laughs> my friend David had us over, Romelis and me and a bunch of other people this past weekend. And he is a good friend of mine from college. And he was, uh, I mean, gosh, 18 years ago, a guy that we would often talk together and we were at different places and it's cool. And now God has brought him to this place of, you know, he's a, he's serving Jesus. He's living in such a radical kingdom way. And one of the things that he has done in the past couple of years is he has served his friends and his creative community around him by throwing this party at his house where he spends hundreds of dollars creating this foodie, foodie, foodie um, thing and uh, invites people to just eat, not bring anything, not feel any kind of obligation, just come and receive and enjoy. And I felt so blessed and honored by him and took something away in regard to what does it mean to be a good neighbor. It just means to share, to use your resources, to open your home and say, come, don't bring anything, just come and be. And I love that. So I want to shout out to people who use their resources and who um, are a good neighbor to the people around them by just giving with no strings attached. So on Periscope, someone just asked a question. Did you get to see what that was? Was it about reconciliation? It was pretty much, I think it was pretty much asking the lines of, um, in the midst of saying you accept others, mm-hmm. um, I guess pretty much how do you do it? You know, even if it is something that God doesn't approve, I think it was somewhat of uh-huh. that nature. Yeah. Um, so, well, what do you think? What do you say? Um, I'm not really sure. I have a fully formed opinion on that. I know it can get really tricky, mm-hmm. and I'd rather, uh, as far as answering that, it's just <laughs> you don't want to go on the record quite yet. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, because I understand what they're saying, too, because yeah. I struggle with that, honestly, that question, my darn self. Um, yeah. You have things that, you know, that the word speaks of. Um, and I think it, I mean, I think it boils down to the aspect of being honest. Um, 
but it goes back to beginning with grace, <laughs> grace, and then going from there. It's like it goes back to the the triangle. I mean, maybe you can explain that to them, mm-hmm. but the triangle thing that you talked about, you know, mm-hmm. starting with this and then getting out to the other the funneled stuff. Yeah. So you can explain that a little bit. Romelis is referring to this this image that a mentor of mine, seminary professor, shared that when we think about the Christian life, we often think about the behavior and the actions. We often think about what it should look like, what we should do, what, how we should talk, how we should give, how we should pray, how we should read our Bible. And really, when you think about what was Jesus's last words to us, we all know, if we're a follower of Christ, we know the great commandment and the great commission. Well, the great commandment is love God and love others. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love others as you love yourself. The great commission, Jesus said, we all would say, well, go make disciples and teach people what Jesus said. Teach people to obey. But if you look in Matthew 28, before Jesus says anything about going and teaching people to obey, he says, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that word baptize means not just dunk people in water, but in the Greek, it means to immerse, to just fully immerse people in the name or in the identity, in the character of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So when we we think about how do we accept people or we're afraid that we might do something that might dishonor God if we were to hang out with someone or invite them into our home. You know, maybe they're doing something or living in such a way that we think goes against Scripture. I think we have to back up and hear what Jesus says. The way we make disciples or the way we teach people how to obey is not telling them what to do and is not telling them how they should behave. It's really just immersing them in the Father's love, in Jesus's forgiveness, in the Spirit's comfort and truth. And that alone is going to help people change. So I, I'm trying to practice that. And I, I'm with you, Romelis. It's messy. I think when we think about standing before God in judgment someday, we're afraid that God might say to us, we condoned something that was against him. And I really don't think that's something that we're going to have to face if we're living in grace. <laughs> I think we're going to hear more on our judgment day about how we missed sharing and missed accepting people because we focused too much on the the behavior and the accepting people as a means to maybe condoning what we feel like they shouldn't be, do, be doing. And I know that's messy and it's so much easier said than done. So I'm just maybe pointing out, you know, the elephant in the pew here. Uh, when we talk about sexual sin, that's like the biggest thing people want to dive into. Well, if someone's living with somebody else or if someone's in a, a relationship they shouldn't be, I think... Uh, We need to shower people with love and hold people up in grace and help them live the way God has intended them to live by first saying, like, this is who God is. Know the power and the might and the love of God. That's what Jesus did with with Zacchaeus. And what happened? Zacchaeus said, I want to give all this money back. I want to help people. I don't want to hoard this. I want to go because he experienced the love of God. I think we just don't experience the love of God enough that we don't live it nor share it. So with experiencing the the love and the truth of God, where does, where does honesty and truth come into that with relationship with other people? What do you mean? Um, 
Because, you know, in, in any relationship, there's some honest truths. Like we were talking about before you guys started the podcast, you know. Um, your families are like, okay, here's what you're going to commit to. Here's what you're not. You know, here's yeah, here's where I need you here and, you know, things of that mm-hmm. nature. So with that, we're, um, you know, there's some hard honesty that's come along with that. Hey, I need you here for this. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, at mm-hmm. least I would perceive it. I'm not in a relationship, so I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I, my time is just mine. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I was just talking about, I was sharing how my wife and I were looking at our schedule and planning the next few months out and making sure we're prioritizing the right things and saying no to things that aren't the best use of our time and yes to things that we really need to prioritize. Right. So in a situation like that, it would, it would require some honest truth to say, sure. hey, look, I need you here. I need you yeah. home a little bit more. Or, yeah. hey, go ahead and do it. Well, you know what I'm saying? So in, in the relationship, there is some times when there's hard truth and when sure. there's honest truth. Now, does the, the, the does delivery matter? Yes. Yes. The way that you present it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Is it in grace? Is it rooted in Christ's word? Is it rooted from God, from the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I mean, that matters. But um, where does that play into it whenever, you know, when we have the aspect of we want to, you know, be gracious and kind and show them the love of Christ and make sure they know they're loved. Mm-hmm. But when do we get to the point to when not there's a, there's even really a point, mm-hmm. but in that same aspect, there's a certain level of truth and honesty that has to come. And mm-hmm. sometimes the conversation are hard. Sometimes mm-hmm. they are challenging. Sometimes they are uncomfortable. So I guess... I don't really know how to even really word the question I'm even really trying mm-hmm. to ask. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about, let's use like a, an imaginary situation yeah. with Zacchaeus, for instance. Mm-hmm. So Jesus says, hey, Zacchaeus, I want to hang out with you. I'm going to have dinner at your house. Mm-hmm. And Jesus knows that this guy has been a swindler, a swindler, has stolen millions and millions of dollars and has really ostracized himself from his own people. So I don't know, what do you imagine that situation was like? You know, for me, I think, oh, did Jesus come in and just kind of lay down like, hey, dude, <laughs> what you're doing is wrong? Right. Or did it, did it come like, hey, I, I know you. I made you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what the Father thinks about you. I, I know how you right. feel, Zacchaeus. I know because this is how you were created and you're not living into it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Maybe he asked him some questions. What mm-hmm. do you want? What are your dreams, right? And then obviously Zacchaeus was open. But what if Zacchaeus wasn't open? Here's someone's asking, at what point during the loving people do we finally step up and preach the gospel to them? Well, what does that even mean? Like, preach the gospel to them, you know? I mean, this is a question that just came on Periscope. Um, the gospel is good news, right? That's what the word gospel means. What is the good news? The good news is that Jesus came and died for our sins, that we don't have to die for our sins. So going back to the Zacchaeus scenario, like if Zacchaeus was resistant, I imagine Jesus would say like, Zacchaeus, I'm looking you in the eye and telling you, this is who you are. You are God's designed mm-hmm. being. You were created in his, in his his image. He's got a purpose for your life. If you want to keep, if you want to keep living in such a way, it's going to destroy you. You know, talking about those realities, Jesus saying, I'm going to go to the cross for you. I'm going to take this penalty. You're not meant to carry sin. You're not meant to carry shame. You're not meant to carry a burden of guilt, but I want to take that on. I want to set you free. Mm -hmm. Now, if he was resistant and resistant, I imagine Jesus would say like, this is what you're taking on. I can't change you or force you, but I love you. Mm -hmm. And I, I want you to follow me and I want to give you this free life, but you can say no. And there will be consequences that will come from that. Mm-hmm. So I think in speaking the truth and, and maybe, you know, um, 
we could talk about certain situations. Maybe mm-hmm. and I, I'd love to just riff on that if you want, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, throw out a situation and go, hmm, how would we handle that? You know, when it comes to being a good neighbor, how would we handle the neighbor whose dog poops on our lawn? <laughs> you know, like, okay, I don't want to be picking up someone else's dog poop. We all know uh, what it feels like to have to deal with that because I've stepped in dog poop many times, even on our church property. Hello, people pick up your dog poop. But if I saw somebody with their dog pooping, I would say, hey, I, uh, you know, can you please pick up your poop? You know, pick up the dog poop. Like there's some things that just need to be called out, but how I do it is important, right? My, like you said, my tone of voice, mm-hmm. you're a person, you're a human being. I don't want to degrade you. If this person is not wanting to pick up the poop, then it's like, well, I need to take it a step further and say, but no, I need you. You know, I don't know. I'm kind of going off on a silly thing, but I, I feel like as Christians, when we think about like accepting people and being a good neighbor and loving people, we always want to draw the line somewhere. But I don't think speaking to, well, I guess in the line of speaking truth or honesty, I'm not sure that's at least not for me, not for my aspect. I wouldn't consider it like drawing a line, mm-hmm. you know, you're living, um, you're in a relationship with a man. Oh, you know, I, I want to tell you that that's not God's. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I even need to do that. I don't need to say that this is what, I have no control over what someone does in their own life, nor do I have any say over what they do in their life, nor my God, nor my any, you know, mm-hmm. so I, that's something I've wrestled with how to even speak to if I even need to address it. Cause it, maybe it's not for me to address. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not for me to deal with. And maybe, you know, and it goes back to the art of neighboring where the guy talked about the language that we use, yeah. not calling it lifestyle, not. Are we talking about the gay community right now? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. just, yeah. You know, where yeah. you're where you, just even a language. And it was like, you know, don't call them. Um, I forgot what was some of the words. We said. Homosexuals. Yeah. Homosexuals. Don't... And, you know, it goes all the way back to the language. So in those aspects, what do you do? That's what they do. And I'm not really necessarily even asking you because I don't know if any of us actually have the answer to it. Mm-hmm. But. Um, you know, when a situation arises, one thing, you know, uh, <laughs> my pastors always say rules without relationship always equal rebellion. Mm-hmm. When you lay all these rules on people and tell them this is how you need to be and this is how it's supposed to go without having any relationship with them, it usually going to equal people saying, yeah, I'm not really for that or for you. And obviously, you know, you must serve a different God than what I know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's a complicated subject. Um, mm-hmm. you know. One minute, we got to wrap up our producer over here saying. Oh. No, I just want to jump in. Oh, oh yeah, I go got ahead. This is so, um, I, I, and just two, two points I'm wondering if you can talk about this. Um, one, kind of speaking with the language, the idea of actions being louder than words. So we don't necessarily, there was somebody asking about preaching the gospel or telling people. I mean, do our actions truly speak louder than words? How we live our lives, how we present ourselves, as you were saying. Yeah, yeah. That, I think, can mean something. Wondering if you could talk about that. And then also just sort of in the, the vein of the um, the discussion of as far as um, gays in the church, Bible speaking or not, maybe talk about the, the actual language of different versions of the Bible because it's, it's different. There's versions that say homosexual. There's versions that don't, to my understanding from what I've seen. Wondering if maybe you have any thoughts on that. <laughs> Woo! I'm I'm really trying to dive into this myself. I have lots of gay friends and gay family members, and I love them, and I believe they can follow Jesus, and I believe God loves them, and I believe by faith in Christ they will be with God if they are following Him and have accepted His forgiveness in their life. 
Um, some people want to draw the line and just say, well, the Bible says this and this and this and that about being gay. And I feel like the Bible doesn't talk about being gay. Jesus doesn't even talk about being gay or anything like that. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we spend way too much time talking about it. I don't know. It's messy in my mind. Um, we have gay people who are part of our church and I'm like, awesome. I'm so glad you're a part of our church. We have um, parents who are gay and our kids have um, friends who have gay parents and all that type of stuff. And I'm just like, cool. <laughs> well, I don't want to focus so much on people's sexuality. I think our identity is more supposed to be focused on being in Christ. And I know some people will probably want to crucify me and burn me at the stake for that. But I feel like life is just too short to, to focus on someone's sexual identity as being what's going to keep them out of heaven or not, or God's love or not. I think God is the one who created them and who knows them and who's going to judge them, judge me, judge you. So let's just all like back off a little bit and go, all right, let's just focus on the person of Jesus and following him and look at his words and how he called people to this place of of love and intimacy. Like John, his disciple, his friend, come have a meal with me, lean up against my chest. We don't know. There's so much that's not written that we can't, I don't know, we want to make theologies about everything. And I go, hey, there are gay people in America who are getting married and our Supreme Court has said we're going to rep- we're going to honor that. And I go, cool, I've been to gay weddings and I have friends who are gay who are married and I'm, I want them to have a great marriage. It doesn't have to be gay marriage. It's just have a great marriage. <laughs> it's good and it's messy. And I know some people dis- disagree, but I think I don't want to be a Christian who is known to be drawing a line on anyone's salvation. It's not, I had, I had actually had a guy tell me um, last year, I was talking about suicide because my grandmother committed suicide. And the crazy thing about my grandmother committed su- committing suicide was next to her bed was a Bible. <laughs> and the Time magazine of that year, of that month, was an article about a doctor who said he had had a, an experience with heaven, like a near-death experience. My grandmother had dementia. She also dealt with alcohol abuse. But I knew she knew God and she understood his forgiveness. She just wasn't mentally right. But I had people tell me like, suicide sends you to hell. I'm like, where does that say that? There are just things we, we want to draw lines about. And then I was talking with someone who later said, like, you don't know, you can't say your grandma's in heaven. I'm like, you know what? You're, you're right. I'm not the judge. And this person then said, I don't even know if you're going to heaven, Tony. I can't even tell. I was like, wait, what? I, I just like, sometimes my mind is blown by what we as Christians want to do and say and draw lines about that it could be so hurtful. And I just say, hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are gay, I want to say, I want to be a good neighbor to you. I want to talk, I want to wrestle through some of these things that we have said, the church has said, that the Bible says. I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, I I went to seminary and I still feel like I'm just an average theologian. And I have seminary professors who know every language inside and out, who fall on all different sides of this conversation. People who say, hey, this verse in this particular part didn't mean what we think it means. So I, I, we can't say we're right all the time. And I just want to fall in that way. I want to love God all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and love my neighbor as myself. 
and it's hard and it's messy and we don't always agree on it, but I want to try to live that out. So that's it, I think. <laughs> what do you think? Anything else you want to add, Romelis? No. Nope. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter as well. We're at Soundroom Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Gapastone and join on Periscope. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your questions. Share this with your friends. And please know that God loves you. He wants you to know him and he wants you to live a great story. So be people changing communities. See everybody.